All right, thank you for that. Thank you for all of the music this morning. Um, a, lo- a little update, I don't know if you've seen, but in the gymnasium, our floor is all set in, and they have sanded it, and they, they did the painting on there, the lines and the logo and so forth, and so that's exciting. Here's the unexciting part. Don't go over there, okay? Um, some of you have been going in. The doors are locked for a reason right now. You can't go in on it. It's not completely done. And so if you walk in, they've sanded it, they're putting the lines and painting it, and then you have to code through and put a couple more coats on there to finish it. And so if you step on it, you can mess it up. You say, but how am I going to know it looks good? Take my word for it. I just said it looks great. And so uh, it'll be exciting when it's all done. And so uh, let's, let's be careful. When it's done, I'll, I'll tell you when you can go take a look at it. But we're really excited. believe our elevator's pretty much almost done, and they're going to be bringing that in and installing it. And we'll be to the end of it there. Thank you for being in your place this morning. I know this time of year, uh, illness has been running through. At certain times of the year, it's like illness goes through. And uh, looking in this morning, it looks like everybody's getting back in their spots and getting back to normal. I mean, as normal as we can get, okay? But uh, we're going to look at this. Our theme this year is more church, and we looked at that last week. <clears throat> Our verse, theme verse for that is Hebrews 10.25 that says, not forsaking, we looked at that, that means abandoning, <clears throat> the assembling of ourselves together. That's what the church does. The church assembles together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and here it is, and so much the more. More church. Really, not just more church, much more church. Not just much more church, so much more church. That almost sounds redundant, right? It's like you're saying the same thing over. Sometimes us being human, God's got to kind of like slap us upside the head and say, hey, are you getting what I'm saying here? I really want you to understand church is important and not just a little bit of church, more than church. And we look last week at areas where it helps us. It helps us in our lives, our families, uh, to reach our community and our world. And it helps us when we stand before the Lord in eternity. But I want to be very specific this morning when I'm talking about church. If you want to understand something thoroughly, you got to understand the basics, right? Uh, we gave the story, John, John Wooden, when he would coach basketball, his first session, they spent an hour and a half learning how to put their socks on. Because he said, if you don't put your socks on right and your feet hurt, you're not going to play very well. Basics. But also specifics. What is important? And while I'm talking about church, I want us to know exactly what I'm talking about. The specifics are the where. There's a story of Henry Ford. He was building a factory. He had a friend. And um, the guy's name was uh, Charles, and he, he came in and he designed the generators for this huge factory that he built. Many years later, one of the gen- generators was struggling and having problems, and uh, Henry Ford's uh, mechanics couldn't figure it out. They didn't know where the problem was. And so he ca- called Charles and said, hey, can you come and help identify where the problem is so my guys can fix it? So this guy came. He walked around for several hours and looked at the machinery, He pulled out a piece of chalk, he walked up to one part of the generator, and he drew an X. And he said, have them open it up right here, that's where the problem was. So he left. A week later, uh, Ford got a bill for $10,000. He called his buddy and said, time out, what 
what, what is up with sending me a bill for $10,000? How was that $10,000 worth of work? He goes, well, here, let me itemize it for you. He goes, $10 is for the time I spent walking around. $9,990 is knowing where to put the X. Okay? Specifics. Well, I want to be real specific this morning. When I'm talking about more church, and all churches are great that are good churches, but I want to talk to us specifically about your relationship to this church. If we're here, I hope that uh, if you've been here for a while, this is your church, this church here. You say, Pastor, I'm visiting, and, and uh, I'm glad you're visiting. Maybe, maybe God will lead you here someday. But I want to talk about our church, this church. The events in Acts chapter 2 take place right after Jesus had ascended back to heaven. And he left his early believers, those specific believers there too, in that, in that area with a task. It's in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so here's the task he left for them. I want you to take the news of what I just did, dying on the cross for your sins, offering salvation through faith in me. And I want you to take that and I want you to start here in Jerusalem. That's where that early church was. And I want you to take it there and then to the surrounding areas. And then once we get to the surrounding areas, I want you to take it going out further and further. And the goal is to take it everywhere in this world. That's a daunting task. And so in Acts chapter 2, we see Pentecost. Uh, Pentecost is 50 days after it's funny that Peter's the one preaching. It was 50 days after Peter had denied Christ. And so he takes the message of the gospel of Christ to these thousands of people who are gathered there for Pentecost. Look at verse 36 of chapter 2. He says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you had crucified, both Lord and Christ. He goes to the message. He talks to the Israelites. He gives them a little bit of their history. And basically, he's ending it up with the fact that Jesus Christ was the coming Messiah who would die for the sins of the world. And he tells them that. Obviously, many of those who listened wanted to know what they needed to do. Look at verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. In other words, it got to them. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? We've heard this message. You've explained to us the plan of God and that Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of that plan and that he came to die for our sins. What do we have to do? And basically, basically Peter tells them, You need to trust Christ and get saved. You need to accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross for forgiveness of your sins. Well, they did. They got saved. And immediately afterwards, they got baptized. But they didn't stop there. Look at verse 41. That's the key phrase. And then they that gladly received his word, they got saved, were baptized. And here's the phrase. And the same day were added unto them about 
8,000 souls. You see, they weren't content just to the fact that they just happened to come to Pentecost and the gospel was preached. They were not content with the fact that they responded to the gospel. They were not content with the fact that after they responded to the gospel, they got baptized. They did the next step, which was the natural step. They were added unto them. Who? Those early believers in Jerusalem. That early church in Jerusalem. They joined up with them. They were added to that group of believers. That church, that particular church and gathering of believers. They were added. What does the word added mean? The word added means to join, to gather together with. Okay, well, let's parse that out. Let's figure it out. What does it mean to join here? It means to become a member. What, it do, what does it mean to be gathered together? That means we not just become a member, we attend together. They were added to the church. They took that next step to attach themselves to the church and become an active participant in the church. And by the way, the early church in Jerusalem made a huge impact in Jerusalem. It became a giant church. So big, in, 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 so big uh, in fact, that in God chapter 8 and verse 1 of Acts had to bring persecution to scatter them so that they quit being in Jerusalem and they would take the gospel to other places in their part of the world. And that's exactly what they did. But they became a part. They were attached. So here's the question. When it comes to our church, very specifically, Pacific Baptist Church, have you been added? Are you a part of this church? Not just attending, although that's vitally important. But is this your church? I want you to notice a few things that, uh, uh, how people who are added respond by looking at these guys in chapter 2. First of all, they respond by listening. Verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. See, the truth was preached to them, and they heard that truth, and because they responded by listening intently to that truth, that's what led them to get saved, which led them to be baptized, which led them to become part of the church. But it all started by listening to the word of God as it was preached and as it is taught. And by the way, that is one of the foundational things of a church. Do you know that a big part of the church and a command for me as the pastor of the church or a pastor in any church is to preach the word of God? Look at First, Second Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. We are commanded not just to preach the word, but to preach all of the word. Sometimes, if you look at those four things, we need encouragement. Sometimes we need to be challenged. But that's our job. And I think one of the things that has weakened Christianity and has weakened our country in essence because of the weakening of Christianity is we don't want to preach the word anymore. Now, it's nice. You get up here and you talk about the love of God or you talk about some of the encouraging things. Uh, everybody's happy. But sometimes we have to talk about things that maybe go against our grain. Right? How I many you know what I'm talking about? 
When I stepped into church, there were a lot of things that he said that went against my grain. Pretty much everything. And I listened to him and I'd go home like, you've got to be kidding me. And I, but I'd, I'd look in the Bible and I'm like, it's, it's right there. But there were other times I was encouraged. And so we need all of the word of God. Now, our responsibility in teaching and preaching, but the responsibility for all of us hearing the word, we have a responsibility as well. Look what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, because I believe this is where we're at. As the days get closer to the the coming of the Lord and things are getting darker, the hearts of, of many are getting colder. And we have to be very careful. And sometimes even Christians don't want to respond to God's word correctly. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, he says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, lust simply means desire, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. By the way, if you were to go to a church where you never heard anything that kind of nod at you internally, something's wrong. I've had people come like, you know, pastor, did you preach that at me? Did did my wife tell you? (laughs) Like, my wife didn't, your wife didn't tell you. My wife told me about me, okay? Say, you were preaching at me. I'm preaching at everybody sitting in here. And as I always say, you have your speakers. I have two directed right at me. Okay, it's for all of us. But the problem is we can get to the point where we don't want to hear sound doctrine. We don't want to hear truth from the Bible. We want to hear something cute. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not cute in that way. Okay, but I just look, I get it. But I want to hear the truth of God. But so many want to. Well, I just don't want to hear anything that would ever go against, you know, all. How many of you here? Here's a question. You ready? How many of you are perfect? Okay, you're perfect? Ryan, is he perfect? Okay, good. I was going to say, if you're a guy and you're married and you raise your hand, I'm going to have your wife stand up and testify. I'll tell you when you're going to quit hearing things that go against your grain, when you're perfect. Okay, we're not perfect. We always need to hear things that challenge us to do the right thing, to go the right direction. And it's easy just to find somebody that won't say anything. We don't want to do that, do we? We want God to work in our life. These people listened and they responded for salvation. And by the way, that's not the message this morning, but if you've never trusted Christ, you don't even know what that means, that's a good place to start. Well, some people are like, well, you know, pastor, I'm saved because I I come to church. That's like me standing in my garage saying, I'm in the garage, I'm a car. You know, I'm in, the, I'm in the grocery store. I'm a vegetable. I've been accused of that before. As long as you don't accuse me of being a fruit, I'll be okay. Okay, moving on quickly. That, look, proximity doesn't make you anything, right? It's, do I know Jesus Christ? And then they responded to the preaching and obedience. By the way, how do we know that? Because baptism was the first step of obedience. Once we get saved, the first thing he wants us to do is get baptized. Well, pastor, I've been saved, but I haven't been baptized. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait till I grow or, or this or that. Well, when did they get baptized? The exact same day they got saved, brother, too. 
They knew they were saved. They understood God was working in their heart. They were convicted. And they got saved and they're like, I don't want to just be saved. I want to go forward. And they got baptized and said, now I want to be a part of this group, but I want to grow in my faith. Obedience. God wants us to be obedient to him. And it doesn't just stop at, at, at baptism. God wants us to live a life of obedience. In our class, we just started a lesson. We're going to go over uh, faith. And God says, without faith, it's impossible to obey, to please him. And you know what faith is? Doing what God says. Trusting him and believing him enough that he knows what's best so that I do what he tells me to do. We need to be baptized. We need to grow forward. We want God to speak through us through the truth of the scripture. But we have to obey it. Let me give you this verse in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. He says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. He's talking about those, and he's using the children of Israel really as an example here, but uh, we won't get into all of that. But he says, but the word preached did not profit them. Whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, we don't know for sure. I personally think it was Paul, but whatever. He said, listen, we heard the message, maybe speaking of the early church leaders, and the same message that many of them heard, but... It, did, it didn't profit them, and he gives a reason why. You should look at this verse later. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. He said, you know why the message that we all preached, the message we all heard, you know why it didn't have any profit in their life? Because they didn't mix it with faith. Well, how do you mix it with faith? You make it a part of your life. You hear a truth from the Scripture, or fact of the matter is, you read something from the Scripture. And as you read it and you know that truth, it has to be mixed with faith. If you don't add the ingredient of faith, it doesn't do you any good. Well, I know the truth. Great. Do you have enough faith to do what it says? That's like trying to bake something and you're missing a, an ingredient or two. It's going to taste horrific. You have to have all the ingredients. So how's obedience? Do you listen and respond to the truth? Secondly, this is really, really easy. They responded by membership. And the same day were, there were added unto them. They were not just willing to accept Christ. They were willing to accept God's people and become a part of that particular church, that particular group, the church at Jerusalem. Now let me just ask you this. If you've been saved and you've been baptized, been baptized do you have a church family? Everyone's to have a church family. God wants you to have a group of people that, that it's your church, right? We always say, our staff, like people come by and they've seen our church, they hear about that church. Then they'll, they'll, they'll start attending maybe a little bit and they'll say, oh, I go to this church. But when they become a member, now they say, that's my church. All of us need a church. Well, pastor, you're just trying to get all of us in here who are attending to be a member of your church. Yes, but you say, Pastor, I don't think this church is for me. I would lovingly say this. You need to find a church that is. I think it's that important. I think it's important enough. If you don't like us here, you don't like me, talk to my wife. She's a lot nicer than me. Maybe you'll like her and put up with me. I don't know. But you, you, you need to find a place where you can have a church. I think it's that important. We all need to have a place where we can just jump in and be immersed and be an encouragement to each other and do what God wants us to do. The problem is this. People struggle to become a part of a church sometimes because we know that when we take that step to join a church, that's a step of 
commitment. And can I just tell you something? Our society does not like commitment. People, people don't even want to get married nowadays. They want to wait forever to get married. And then when they do find somebody, they just want to live together. They don't want to commit to one another. That, that doesn't make sense to me. Because here you are in a relationship, and you can pick any relationship, and, and you're taking out the one thing that's really going to make that relationship work, commitment. What are we afraid of? Well, if I get married, they're not perfect. Oh, no, 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 I can help you with that. They won't be perfect. I guarantee it. Why? Because my wife's husband isn't perfect. Okay? You know, well, if I connect to this church, everybody in the church isn't perfect. Duh! That's why we have room for you. That's why we have room for me. Well, you know, if I go, if I commit to this church, that means I have to have, here's the bad word, are you with? They might want me to have some responsibility. By the way, that's why, let me go ahead and throw this out here because I'll get irritated and we'll move on. That's why a lot of you guys don't want to get married. You don't want responsibility. You need to get out of your basement, get off your video games, and be a responsible individual, amen. Well, thank you for that. That's all those who are single that are clapping, okay? Come on now. See, I'm not even going to say this out loud, but, but see, what we want, we want the blessings without the responsibility. We want the, benefit, we want the reward without the responsibility in life. Can I just tell you something? Maybe I'm off. I believe the reward comes through the responsibility. No problem being responsible husband and trying to be responsible parent, all that stuff, because the blessing and the reward is so much greater than not having the responsibility. Back to our regularly scheduled message. So what am I saying? That's the same thing in a church. God wants the church to do great things, but we need you. Well, isn't that what the staff is for? We don't have enough staff to do that. And no, that's not what the staff is for. The staff is to, yes, we have a job, don't get me wrong, but our job is to help build each other up and build the church up so all of us together can go make a difference in this world. Don't you want to have a life that's beyond yourself? Don't you want to have a life that makes a difference to somebody else? Get on board. Make a commitment and be wholehearted to it. If you attend this church and you believe that this is your church, then become a member. We don't require a blood test. We don't require a major credit card. Okay, well, maybe if you get on Simple Give, it'll ask for your bank account, but that's something different. Next, they responded by faithfulness. I love these words. We have a discipleship book, and in, in, in the, in the name of the discipleship book is continue. has the word continue in it. I love that word in the New Testament. But verse 42, and they continued. Here's one of those things where it's almost like redundant. They continued steadfastly. You know what that means? They responded by faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness, doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. Faithfulness, longevity, sticking with it no matter what, no matter how long it takes. And steadfast, the word steadfastly even makes it more descriptive. The word steadfastly is this, to be completely devoted to, continue at all times in a specific place, to not faint or quit. That's what God wants. Say, Pastor, you just keep adding things on there. No, I'm not. 
the Bible is. So they got saved, they got baptized, they joined the church, and they were serious about it. They were faithful to it. They, they were, this is who they were, this is what they were doing, and they were going to be in their place. Understand this, membership without faithfulness is meaningless and fruitless. It is. You want an example? It's New Year's. New Year's is harvest time for gyms. Can I get a witness? I'm not going to ask you if you joined a gym. Because here's what happens. I'm going to get in better shape. I want to be healthier. I'm going to do this. I need to join the gym. They love that. And so December or January, you go in. Can I just ask you a question? I'm going to, let me explain something to you. So this is, you know, life 101, life, life hack. There's a reason they want you to sign a contract. Because they know when February comes around, the resolution's done, and you're at, you know, an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> it's hard to exercise after going to a buffet. Can I get a witness? They know that. They don't want you just hooked for one month. It's like, fine, quit after one month, but I want that money. Because you know what they know? Most people will join, but they will not be faithful. They will not stick with it, and it bears no fruit in their life. So what's the point? Y'all need to be at the gym tomorrow, okay? No. We, let's not just be a part of the church. Let's be faithful to it. Let's not find reasons not to come to church. Let's be there in our place. Let's find reasons not to get involved. Let's make sure we are involved. Faithfulness. You want fruit? That's what happens. Most people treat their church membership the same way they treat their gym membership. It's like all of it. Hey, I'm going to start my Bible reading in January. I know. Genesis has been fantastic. We'll see you in Leviticus. We'll see you in Deuteronomy. Okay? You say, I don't understand all that. It's important, and you may not understand it. Keep getting through to it. Eventually, you're going to start to get the, the, the points God's trying to teach, but you'll get to Joshua and Judges and all of that. But let's be faithful. Anybody can be faithful, right? I mean, as I mentioned, COVID's been horrible in one sense. that It's, 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 it's caused people to think, no, I'll just miss church just because. I'll find a reason because I can watch you on live stream. I am much more better looking in person compared to what I look like on live stream, which isn't much. So I don't know, take that. We have Photoshop on live screen, so actually I do look better. <laughs> but let's make a commitment. Let's be faithful. Hey, you know, what a good, you know what a good thing to strive for? To be at every church service this year. Now, you say, Pastor, I'm sick. Here's what I want you to do when you're sick. Stay home! But that should be the only time. And not because, you know, you were <laughs> You were sick... Well, you know, two in the afternoon, I'm feeling better. Let's go to the mall. You weren't sick. My grandmother cured me of this. When I told her I was sick, she sent me to bed. And I got up the next morning. I tried that one time. I didn't want to go to school. I'm, uh, she made, put me back in bed. Listen, after a couple days of that, man, I was ready to go to school and learn. I didn't want to lay in bed all day. But she's like, you're sick? You're sick. You're going to act sick. You're going to stay in bed. I'm like, I'm better. I'm good to go. Let's be faithful. Next, they responded by growth. Here are some of the things they were faithful to. In the apostles' doctrine or teaching, they had a desire, and they were faithful to learning the truths of the Scripture. 
They didn't want to just, now they wanted to really know what God was saying. And they really wanted to know this book. Hey, there's one thing we should all strive to know. You ought to know this book. These are the words of God to us. It is our responsibility to get into the word of God and to know what God says. If we played biblical triv Bible trivia, how would you do? Well, that's pretty low there. Okay, so you know, what's, you know what's, what's in the book of Hezekiah? Well, I don't know. It's not in the Bible, okay? Would you, how would you do? Now, if you're new, I understand that, but I wanted to learn these things. I mean, I was reading these stuff for the first time. I'm like, wow, that really happened? Okay, but it's good stuff. God wants us to grow and to learn the scripture. It is our responsibility to know what the Bible says. 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. If you're a Christian, you know the first thing you need to really understand salvation. Because, get this, if someone were to come up to you and say, yeah, I've been diagnosed with this, I have three weeks to live, what does it mean to be a Christian? How, how can I make sure my eternity is settled? Would you be able to explain that to them? You should. But you can, you can, you can learn exactly how to say those things. Why do you do this? Why do you believe that? Why do you do that? We should be able to give them an answer. That's why we need to get into the word of God. We need to hear it. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. Next, we must hasten. They responded by fellowship. The, they, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, verse 42, and fellowship. And then in verse 44, and all that believed were together. Fellowship means you're with each other. We're around this. I, not, I don't just come into church. I don't just slide in and slide out. I actually get to know people. By the way, fellowship is deeper than friendship, right? Friendships are good. Don't get me wrong. But a fellowship is because it's a friendship that's deeper because it's based on shared biblical principles, shared biblical values, and shared, really, being a part of the spiritual family together. It's closer. You have friends, and some of your friends, it's like, they're like family. I know, but your family is your family. You understand what I'm saying? As close as you are to friends, and I know some come close to being family members. I get that. But family is family. They are close. We're in the same spiritual family. When we're together, we're not just here because we, we like the same things or the same team or this or that, although we may have things in common. Don't get me wrong. But one thing we'll all have in common is we love God. We've been saved. We believe this Bible. We have the same kind of views and values on life, scriptural values. And so it's a deeper type of friendship, fellowship. Look at your friends. Are your friends spiritual in nature? They should be. We should have people that challenge us. I had friends, and I loved them, and I invited them to church, but I could not spend time with them because they were doing the things I used to do before I was a Christian, and I didn't want to do those things anymore. Now, I invited them to church, and I witnessed to them and all these things. Some of them got saved, but I wasn't going to per keep putting myself in situations where I would act unscripturally. I tried to encourage them to come with me to go the other direction. They responded by generosity. Verse 45, you say, Pastor, I knew you were going to get to that. Well, then you're not surprised. Just kidding. 
And they sold their possessions and goods and parted to all men as every man had need. Now, let me just say, this was not communism. Communism doesn't work, okay? But this was, people were being persecuted because of their relationship with Christ. People were losing their jobs. They were losing their livelihoods. And so the church got together to help them through these times. That's what this was. But the fact of the matter is, they were willing to give for the needs. They were willing to say, What's, you know, uh, they have a need and I'm here and I wanna, I'm willing to give. By the way, that's always a sign that someone is in on God and in on a church. They're willing to give to the church. If this is your church, it just makes sense. How many know what I'm talking about? I remember when we had the church on Pacific Avenue, well, we, we needed Sunday school space. And a block away was an uh, Elks Lodge. Was, it's not an Elks Lodge. Is it Elks Lodge? I think it was an Elks Lodge. So we went there to see if we could rent it. And I went with Pastor Esposito. And so Pastor Esposito was talking to the guy, you know, and looking around. And I'm just walking around looking. And they had a bulletin board right when you came in. And on the bulletin board, John, they had this. The following members have not paid their dues. I'm like, wow. They had their names written out. I'm thinking, whoo. What if we did that? I told pastor, I said, those must be the backslidden bullwinkles, you know? They were getting on these people. I heard one church, not a Christian church, they required their people to tithe, that they, they made them turn in their pay stubs. I'm like, what? By the way, you can always fake those. You got a printer? Come see me. But the point is this. When you're involved in something and you are it's what you are and it's who you are and what you're doing. You want to give so that these missions can go forward. That's true of any organization, right? We run buses, but we need people who will help with that. We need money for that. And by the way, we give in two areas. We don't just give financially. We ought to give of our time, okay? Giving is more than, than, than just our finances. We ought to give time to serve. We love the bus ministry, but we need people to drive the buses and help run the buses. We have these rest homes, and we need people to go in there and to run them, and we do, by the way. We have Sunday school classes. Children, they need their Sunday school classes. They need their time, but we need Sunday school teachers. And by the way, we have a lot of these. We could always use more. We, need, we, we, we love the little ones, don't we? Newborns. I mean, I got, I got a granddaughter that's a couple months old. I have a grandson coming in a couple months old. I love them. I don't want them in here for the service. They smell funny, and they make loud noises. That's why we haven't, they haven't, say, well, wait a minute. That's me too. No. Um, we need a nursery. You got to have workers for the nursery. And so you can go on and on. I love the music in our services. By the way, some of you are hiding your musical talents. If I hear that you play an instrument, I might just nicely go up and like, hey, how you doing? Orchestra. By the way, our orchestra's growing. And our choir is growing. Listen, there are so many areas where we can be generous with our time, but also with our finances. Because although all of these things take people to do them, it also takes resources to be able to do that. You say, well, pastor, I, I want to go to a church that doesn't need money. Go ahead. It'll also be a church that's not doing anything. Right? They want to, they, we got to do something. 
And then lastly, I won't spend time on this because our church, I think we do a great job. We do a great job with all of it. But they responded by receiving. Verse 47, it says this. And the Lord added to the church. You know what was happening? New people were coming. New people were joining. And by the way, we have to receive new people. And we do. When someone's new here or you're new here, I hope people have been friendly to you. But let's be friendly to people, right? You know, I remember my pastor when I was a brand new Christian. Uh, he's like, he, told, he was giving a story. He goes, I, my family and I were vacationing. We went to a church. He goes, we sat down there. And he's like, not one person greeted us. And then he said, he said, finally, this older lady came up. And she was right, walking right towards us. And they're like, wow, finally somebody is going to greet us. And she walked up to him and she looked at him and said, hey, you're in my seat. Okay. I hope you don't do that. And I know we all have our seats. I get it. But hey, you know what? For a, in order for a church to have new people coming, you have to have a church that wants new people coming. In order for people in our community that visit our church to feel welcome, we need a church that welcomes them. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing We could just say, hey, we got a new building now. We're pretty much full. Uh, Pastor, what are we going to do when it gets fuller? Don't worry, we have plans. But what, what, I just, I'm okay with where we're at. That's not God's plan. He said, go. And I'm glad our church wants new people to come. We invite people to come, and we try to welcome them when they come. But that's only if this is your church. So here's my question, and we're done. Have you been added to the church? Is this really your church? If you're going to have more church this year, I want it to be here. Why? I'm just, maybe, I know I'm biased. Pray for me. I just kind of like this church. And I hope you like it as well. But have you been added? Are you a member? Have you joined us if you've been coming? Are you, are you being faithful to everything? Are you striving to grow and fellowship and all these things that we do faithfully? I hope that's you. If not, why don't we strive to do that this year? Let's be more a part of what's going on we could stand together this morning. Thank you for listening. If we could stand together, could we, do me, could we do a favor? Just bow our heads and close our eyes just for one minute. I want us to reflect on what we've heard this morning. Bowing our heads and closing our eyes. I wanted to be really specific this morning. There were thousands saved on that day at Pentecost and they all joined together. And the church in Jerusalem, exploded. I have heard estimates maybe it was up to 100,000 people in that area that had been reached, which is incredible. Is this your church? If not, I encourage you to think about joining us. If it is, if it is your church, I encourage you to be a full-fledged, 100% in member. Maybe you're here this morning. We have two requirements to join our church. First of all, you must have been saved and baptized. And you can't be baptized unless you've been saved. So here's a question. And here's what I mean by that. Are you 100% for sure today that if you were to die, that you would go to heaven? Or do you have any doubt whatsoever? If you would say, you know, pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm here this morning and, 
And, but I'm not 100% for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. But pastor, that's something I would like to know. Nobody looking around. Pastor, would you pray for me if you just briefly put your hand up and then down? I'll pray for you. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? The first response to the message was a response for salvation. How about you? Are you on board? Have you been added? I've been saved, I've been baptized, and I come every now and then, but I've not really jumped in. Jump in. Jump in. We'd love to have you. Piano's gonna play. If God spoke to you about any one of these areas, maybe you've joined, but your faithfulness is a little bit suspect. Maybe you don't really give of your time or your treasures. Whatever it is. Maybe you're not growing spiritually as you ought. All of us can do better. As the piano plays, why don't you come?